When I was in middle school, I had a friend named Brian um, that I played baseball with uh, growing up. And we hung out all the time. We rode bikes all over town. Anybody remember a time and age when you could ride bikes all over town? You didn't have to worry about it. And I let him talk me into doing all kinds of stupid friends. Maybe you had a friend that you let talk you into doing stupid things. Uh, One particular day, we were at the dollar store there in our community, and he talked me into stealing some candy so that we could, could have it. Um, and here was a crazy thing. I did, and I got away with it, or so I thought. I got home, and my parents were ticked. Apparently, Brian ratted me out, and Brian's parents called my parents, and 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 so. After that, Brian's parents decided that I was a bad influence on him, and Brian was no longer allowed to hang out with me. Now, maybe you've had the same experience. Well, you probably had it the other way around. You weren't the bad influence, right? But but there was that friend that for some reason was a bad influence on you. You were a good kid, but then when this one kid was around, you turned into a complete idiot. Your mom and dad sat you down and said, you are no longer allowed to be friends with with them. You argued, but it didn't do any good. Depending on your age and your parents' generation, your mom and dad might have ended the conversation with this old cliche, after all, son, birds of a feather flock together. It was easy when you were a kid. Mom and dad watched your friends. If someone was leading you in the wrong direction or had evil intentions, and mom and dad just sniffed it out and got them out of your life. At that time, it might have made you mad, but you recognized later, or you will recognize later, that it was a blessing. If you were like me, you look back on some of those mistakes you made, and you realize that you made them because of the people. You do stupid things when you're with stupid people. Right? A key question is, how do I recognize people who don't have your best intention at heart, but instead want to cause harm? How do you recognize people who want to divert you from God's plan in your life? Last three weeks, we've been looking at a story in the book of 2 Samuel. David and Saul were arch enemies. Saul was the king, yet David was appointed to be the very next king. As you can imagine, Saul wasn't happy about this and tried to kill David. Through it all, David and Saul's son, Jonathan, remained best friends. And so David and Jonathan made a covenant, a series of promises to each other that also extended to future generations. Years after Jonathan's death, David searched for someone related to Jonathan so that he could fulfill his part of the covenant. And so David found Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth was dropped as a child when Saul's household was was running from David and was crippled for life. Mephibosheth survived the battle that killed his entire family, but he'd been hiding in the wilderness for years. He was the very last surviving member of Saul's family, David's enemy. Today we look at a part of the story that many people miss because there is a villain in this story. Maybe some of you have picked up on it up to this point, even though I've been careful to avoid talking about him through the first three weeks of the story. When David went looking for a descendant of Jonathan, he questioned a man named Ziba, who once worked for Saul. 
And David assigned Ziba and his family to be Mephibosheth's servants. All seemed well. But as you'll see, Ziba's true character and agenda was later revealed. Ziba manipulated, he lied, he cheated, he deceived all with great effect. Ziba plotted and schemed to destroy everything that Mephibosheth had gained. Once again, this is a type. Remember, a type is something in the Old Testament that points to the New Testament or the future. In this story, Mephibosheth is a type of us, while David is a type of God. Without God, just like Mephibosheth, we are lost and alone, wandering in the wilderness. God extends his grace, and even though we don't deserve it, and he gives us a place at his table. Ziba, on the other hand, is a type of Satan, and the people he uses tries to keep you from God's house and his blessings. Zebas are people that through their actions, their words, or their deceptions try to lead you to the wrong way, to the wrong path, away from what God has for you and his plan in your life. God's grace is extended to all, a free gift. Yet Zebas try to keep you from that gift. Looking at the story one last time, I want to show you characteristics of people who work against God's plan. If you have a pattern of unhealthy relationships in your life, if you have a pattern of broken friendships, and I want you to pay close attention today. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, David asks, Is there anyone left still in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba, your servant? He replied. The problem was Ziba wasn't David's servant. He had never been loyal to David. He was Saul's man. Somehow, Ziba avoided death when the entire house of Saul was destroyed. Because we know the story, we know that Ziba was only pretending to be loyal. You see, the Zebas in your life will do the same thing. They pretend to be loyal in order to gain favor. They try to convince you of their love, their loyalty, and their good intentions while all the time hiding their true agenda. We should know better, but it works. Someone tells you what you want to hear, so you let them into your life. Be careful. Just because someone says what you want to hear doesn't mean that they've got your best interest at heart. I can't tell you how many times that people have rejected my counsel and then got angry at me because I didn't say what they wanted to hear. Why in the world would you ask for advice if you only want people to agree with you? Come on, be smarter than that. The king asked, is, is there no one still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness? And Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Ziba knew David's attitude towards the handicapped, that he despised them as weak and useless. So what did Ziba do? First thing out of his mouth, he announced Mephibosheth's major fault. Zebas in your life will do the same thing. They are quick to point out the faults in others in order to make themselves look better. To get on your good side, they will talk bad about leaders, friends, churches, other people, anyone. They say things like, they don't treat me fair. What they did to me was so wrong. If you knew what they were really like, 
you'd run. Oh, I know the behind the scenes story. When someone tells you that, listen, run like the wind. Right? That's a classic line of a manipulator. They don't support me and they're not going to support you. They are mean. They don't want people like you around. They target your friends, your parents, or your pastors. They seek to gain favor with you by criticizing others. Listen to me, don't fall for that. Don't tolerate it. Shut people down when their words are negative. If you can't shut them down, then stay away from them. Find some new friends. Don't be deceived. Don't you dare be a party to their sin. And get real. As soon as you are gone, they're going to be talking about you. In fact, they probably already are. If you only learn one thing from today's message, listen to this. This is a life principle that you need to learn. People who are negative about others to you will be negative to others about you. People who are negative about others to you will be negative about you towards others. Count on it. Listen, write it down. Every single time it's going to happen. If you listen to someone else, if you listen when someone else is the target, one day you're going to be the target. Only weak and insecure leaders lead by attacking others. They do it because of fear and manipulation is the only way that they know how to lead. The king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons your, and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson, Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever the Lord my king commands his servant to do. And at this point, if you look close, Ziba's attitude was obvious. And apparently David didn't see it. Notice that Ziba didn't say, I'll be honored to serve. He didn't say, Mephibosheth is my master. Instead, Ziba said, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. In other words, if you make me, I'll do it. With that attitude, we get a vivid look at Ziba's real character. Character is revealed by attitudes. These two are always connected. Attitude is a window into a person's character. Don't make excuses for people. He just has a bad temper. I know it sounds bad, but he's a really good guy. She's always talked like that. That's just the way she is. She's not really a gossip. He's just hurting. Listen, I've learned the easiest way to find the right side in a dispute. Look at and see who has the right attitude. Attitude reveals character. Zebas reveal themselves by their attitudes. If one person is hurling accusations and the other person is quiet and humble, it's an easy decision. If, if one person's attitude is God-honoring and the other person's attitude is critical gossip, it's simple to choose the right side. If you run from a bad attitude, you will save yourself from an encounter with bad character. 
Now, jump ahead to 2 Samuel chapter 16. King David's son, Absalom, staged a revolt and took over the kingdom. David was fleeing the kingdom, weeping in shame and disgrace. And when David had gone a short distance beyond the summit, there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth, waiting to meet him. He had a string of donkeys saddled and loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cakes of raisins, 100 cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. And you say, well, that sounds nice. No, Ziba was giving away Mephibosheth's stuff. He didn't say, my master sent this good stuff to you. He was stealing Mephibosheth's blessings and giving them away. Ziba was supposed to be a steward, but he was violating the laws of stewardship. Zebas are poor stewards. If someone's personal finance, financial life is in disarray, they're poor stewards. They don't give God what God commands. Be very careful. Listen, young people, don't marry a non-tither. You say, well, how do I keep from that? Just say to them, before I say yes, let's call the church and let's get a printout of your giving receipt. Right? Listen, don't do it. Right? You say, man, that's crazy. No, it's not. Don't even date a non-tither. Make them show you their giving receipt before you ever even go out on a date with them. And listen, whatever you do, don't go into business with someone that's like that. If someone's a taker and not a giver, they're probably not part of God's plan for your life. Let me say that again. If someone is a taker and not a giver, they're probably not God's plan for your life. If they're willing to steal from God, what makes you think they won't steal from you? It's important to remember that that's not the only sign, right? But it's a pretty key one. The king asked Ziba, why have you brought these? And Ziba answered, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on. The bread and the fruit are for the men to eat. And the wine is to refresh those who became exhausted in the desert. In a difficult time for David, Ziba sensed an opportunity for personal advancement. Ziba was saying, look at me, king. I'm taking care of you. I'm here for you. There was just one problem. Ziba was using someone else's stuff to buy the friendship. None of it belonged to him in the first place. Listen, beware of people who try to buy your friendship. Because one day they'll use your stuff to buy someone else's friendship. The king then asked, where is your master's grandson? Ziba said to him, he is staying in Jerusalem because he thinks today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. So you'll discover at the end of the story, Ziba was lying. Mephibosheth had said nothing of the sort. Mephibosheth loved King David. He would never try to steal the kingdom away from him. And so rightly so, David felt betrayed. In Mephibosheth's darkest hour, David bailed him out. And now in David's darkest hour, David believed the lie that Mephibosheth had deserted him and was working against him. Zebas are liars. It's one of my favorite questions. How many lies does it take to make a liar? One? Two? Three? How many? 
right? Why would you all of a sudden decide to believe someone who has a history of lying? Do you know what liars do? They lie. That's their nature. Listen, I'll never forget someone was hurling lies in an attempt to destroy a good man, a pastor friend of mine when I was in college. Someone else who heard the man's lies and knew that the person was a liar came to a friend of mine and said, there's just so much, some of it must be true. I have a question. Why? Does that make any sense? So if someone tells enough lies then one of them is true? Why would you think that a liar tells any truth? When you discover a liar, run. Don't listen to them. Don't keep them close to you. Cut them off. Because a lying leader is not a leader. They are manipulative and deceptive. Don't fall for it. And so Ziba told David that Mephibosheth was trying to steal the kingdom. Ziba was accusing Mephibosheth of doing to David exactly what Ziba was doing to Mephibosheth. Do you want to know an easy way to spot people's impure motives? Listen to what Zebas accuse others of because they project their motives. They assume that everyone shares the same value system, the same wants and the same desires. Zebas accuse others of the very thing that they are guilty of. If someone is constantly accusing, all they care about is my money. They only like me because of what I have. Do you know how they judge others? Based on the money. They're revealing what matters to them with their accusations. It's scary how often this works. Someone accuses others by, by saying, he just wants my position. They, they, that's what it's about to them. It's about a position. They want to be noticed. They want people to just like them. Listen, you can count on that. That's what they want. That's their motive. Consider in your own life, how do you judge others' motives? Is there a pattern? And if so, what might that pattern reveal about your motives? The king said to Ziba, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said. May I find favor in your eyes, my lord, the king. Ziba did it. He tricked David and got all of Mephibosheth's stuff. Right here, can I just tell you, I want to punch Ziba in the throat. He said, I humbly bow. Shut up. No, you don't. He'd never been humble and he wasn't thin. Inside, Ziba was jumping up and down with excitement because he got what he wanted, all the stuff. Listen, my heart goes out to Mephibosheth. He was once lost and alone, but he discovered the blessings of the king's table. And now because of the Ziba in his life, everything was gone. Fast forward to chapter 19. David, now safe, was returning to Jerusalem. So Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet or trimmed his mustache or washed his clothes from the day the king left until the day he returned safely. Those were were outward signs of mourning. When he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, Why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? And he replied, My lord the king, since I, your servant, am lame, I said... 
I will have my donkey saddled and will ride on it so that I can go with the king. But Ziba, my servant, betrayed me. By now, Mephibosheth had realized what had happened. Ziba had betrayed him. The man who was supposed to faithfully serve had plotted against him. Zebas will sell you out to advance their life. Zebas will sell you out to advance themselves. You, you may be able to allow them, allow them into your life for a season without seeing it, but ultimately a Zeba will betray you. Why? Because that's what Zebas do. You might be thinking back to a situation in your life. You, you knew he wasn't Christian, but things would work out anyways, right? You thought she was your friend, and that's what made the betrayal hurt so bad. You thought it could never happen to you, yet suddenly you felt alone and abandoned. Listen, if you allow Zebas in your life, one day you will be betrayed. The cost is so high. He said, Zeba, my servant, betrayed me. And he has slandered your servant to my lord, the king. No surprise here. Zeba slandered Mephibosheth. Zebas never handle things straight up face to face. Their preferred method of confrontation is exactly the exact opposite of the one of Jesus. They go to others, they build their case, and they spread their lies. Zebas talk behind your back. That's what Zebas do. And you can spot a Zeba by how they act towards others. Listen, if they talk to you about others, they will talk to others about you. Be cautious about being friends with people who refuse to resolve conflict biblically, who talk to you about their problems with others instead of following Jesus' instructions and going to the person their problem is with. Their dysfunctional conflict resolution habits will one day hurt you. Jeff said to David, my Lord, the king is like an angel of God, so do whatever pleases you. All my grandfather's descendants deserve nothing but death from my Lord, the king. But you gave your servant a place among those who sat at your table. So what right do I have to make any more appeals to the king? The king said to him, why say more? I order you and Ziba to divide the fields. And for the first time in this story, I'm mad at David. How could he make this decision? Instead of giving everything back to Mephibosheth, Ziba got half. That doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. But relationships with Zebas will always cost you. You may finally discover the truth and get them out of your life, but the relationship will cost you. It will cost you money. It will cause you missed opportunities. It'll cost you time and energy. It'll cost you peace and joy. It will cost you. Listen, you will miss out on God's blessings because you tolerated a Zeba in your life. Listen, we can't hang out with Zebas. The price is too high. My heart breaks for students and young adults and good and godly people who have gotten distracted and off path because they are listening to Zebas, the wrong people. You know what I wanted to do today? I wanted to just step out, stop, 
and call people out and say, hey man, I know who the Zeba is in your life. I've been watching. He's leading you the wrong way. I wanted to look at some of the ladies and say, that guy you're dating is a Zeba. It's going to go bad. Get out while you still can. I want to say that person that you think is a spiritual leader in your life is manipulating you. It's going to cost you. That friend who is causing you to question your leaders is a Zeba. Don't fall for her lies. You better run from that. Listen, I wanted to go around the room and warn you. But I know that wouldn't work. Then I'd just be the enemy. Zebas can become very crafty in their deceit and turn you against the very people who have your best interest at heart. It will cost you. I want you to look at Mephibosheth's response. It's beautiful. Mephibosheth said to the king, let him take everything. Now that the Lord, the king, has arrived home safely. And just like with Ziba, Mephibosheth's attitude revealed his character. His statement was, Ziba can have it all. It doesn't matter what I've lost. I just want the relationship restored with the king. That's the point for us. Ziba may have robbed you of, of your blessing and sent you off the right path. You could have followed the wrong person to the wrong place, but relationship with God can be restored. You don't have to stay away from God. He wants to restore you and to bring you back. Just like Mephibosheth, it's going to cost you. But it won't cost you the relationship. You can come back. You can always come home. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray for two kinds of people today. The first one, say, wow, as you're talking, I see it. And I see what it's cost me. I followed the wrong people to the wrong place. And I'm not where I should be with God. I can't blame them. I chose to follow them. But I see it now. And I need my relationship with God restored. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I'm not going to embarrass you and then have you come up front. Second kind of person I want to pray for today. While I'm talking, you recognize a Zeba or some Zebas in your life. And you say, Pastor Jason, pray for me because I see that I need to make some changes. I'm way down this path, and it's not going to be easy. Would you pray for me that I can fix this and I can make the move that I know I need to make? If that's you, I want to pray for you today. If that's you and you realize that you've got some zebras in your life, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Yeah, there's hands all over the place. God, I come to you right now. God, and I thank you that even as I spoke, God, that you were talking to people's hearts. God, that you revealed to them that they were far away from you, that their relationship with you wasn't where it needed to be. God, I pray that right now, 
God, that they would step into the right relationship with you. God, that they would come back, that it doesn't matter what they've done. God, that they would come back and be in that relationship. God, I thank you for their willingness to come home and make it right. But today, God, I pray for those who who say that they've got a zebra or some zebras in their life. God, people that are bad influence or people that have led them down the wrong path or, or people that are trying to manipulate and push their agenda. God, I pray that you would help us leave those people behind. God, that we would take the time to get them out of our lives so that it doesn't eventually cost us. God, give us the courage to cut those people out of our lives. God, it may mean some hurt. It may mean some frustration. But God, we know in the long run, the cost is far greater to allow those men or those women in our lives. So God, I pray that that you help us move beyond those men and women today. God, that you would allow us, God, to put godly men and women lives that could speak into us. God, that have our very best intentions at heart. God, we want to honor you in everything we do. God, and today we start by removing the zebras from our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.